Hey, good morning, everybody. The uh, topic this morning is exploring the uh, halachic implications of the new vaccine. This question was actually brought up a few weeks ago in the, in the ladies' shear. Somebody asked the question, when the vaccine becomes available, should we be the first ones to get it? So at the time, my answer was, this is really a question for Gedoli Yisrael, and we're going to hold off, and we're going to see how they instruct us. So Baruch Hashem, now that it's more of a reality, we do have Hadracha from Gedoli Yisrael. I want to read to you, this is a tshuva that was written just a few days ago from Rav Asher Weiss Shlita. He goes through the discussion of the new vaccine, and he comes out with his halacha lemaisa, and we'll see as well, this seems to be the same approach of Rav Chaim Kanievsky. We'll read the tshuva together. The underlined pieces will read, and then when there's a little line on the side, that means we'll read the whole paragraph. Um, but I think it might be a good practice for a Hebrew. And it's just nice to see a tshuva, to read through the entire thing and get the flow of how, uh, at least how Rav Asher Weiss is presenting the sugya. L'sheles rabim more hora min hogeyam v'amcha beis Yisrael b'inyan chisun chadash neged machlas korona. This is a question that everyone's bothered with. Right, the Morei Hora, people who are paskening, people who are leading Klal Yisrael, and us as individuals, we want to know, it is somewhat of a complex question, is it permissible to receive the vaccine? Or perhaps it would be appropriate to withhold and to wait a little bit. Or perhaps you could argue it's actually an obligation to do so, to uh, protect oneself and others. So this is why it's a complex question. Meaning to say that when the polio vaccine came out, there was no real shiloh, should you take the vaccine. There was a constant fear, if you speak to anyone alive in the, the 40s, and I think the early 50s, whenever your kid had a fever and they weren't feeling well, so your mind would always go to, maybe this is polio. And then when the vaccine came out, it was viewed as, as a hatsala. It was a really, it was a, it was a salvation for humanity. Here, though, it's complicated, as we'll see for many reasons. People argue it's a rush job, and we don't have the same uh, mesinus as we've had with other vaccines. Is that true? Likely not, but that is something that people are arguing. And you could also argue it's not the same level of sakana. At least at this point in time, we do have ways of treating people. Um, you know, we have new technologies or new understandings of the virus that we did not have seven months ago. On the other hand, we still know that it is a sakana, and there are people who are dying from this every single day. Some are concerned because it's a new vaccine. And it came out in a short amount of time. 
And we still don't know its long-term impact. So you could argue, even though the testing looks good, it looks positive, but maybe something will happen if you receive the vaccine 10 years from now. We don't know that. The vast majority of all of the reliable medical associations in all civilized countries seem to be backing this vaccine. And the experts are saying that this particular chisun, this vaccine, does not present the problem. There is no suffix of sakana. It is safe and it is effective. Rabbanim, Morei Hora, V'amcha Beis Yisrael, Nafsham Beshe'ilasam. So we have rabbis and Morei Hora and us individuals asking the question, Ma Dino Ma Mishpato Shel Chisun Zeh? What is the Torah approach regarding the vaccine? In yes. General concept of I know we're talking about Corona vaccine here, but uh, in general, how they, the Torah approaches vaccines and, and what so he's going to actually get into some of the the general background. We actually gave a shir on this about three years ago, right during the whole discussion with people who were right anti-vaxxing. And definitely, the Torah approach is usually. Follow the medical field, and if this is the suggestion, this is the hadracha of the experts in this particular field, then we follow them. But we're going to see here, he gives us some history on this. We have more than 250 years ago, right? the English doctor Edward Jenner, what was Edward Jenner famous for? For creating the vaccine against smallpox. And this Shela, this question came up in the Jewish world, and the Gedola Yisrael more than 250 years ago addressed the question, but Tiferes Yisrael, and that's the famous commentary on the Mishnah, he refers to Edward Jenner as HaChosid Jenner, the righteous one, Jenner. Because he was involved with the creation of the vaccine against smallpox, he is viewed as one of the chasidei umos olam, one of the righteous Gentiles. And obviously he will receive his reward in the world to come. For saving hundreds of thousands of people from certain death. So it's clear that Ferris Yisrael praises Edward Jenner and his creation for the vaccine against smallpox. However, what he doesn't say explicitly is, therefore, it's an obligation for everyone to receive the vaccine. However, says Usher Weiss in a different place, also in his commentary to Mishnayis, this is in Masechus Yuma, he says, the Shegam Chisun Yesh Sakana Misiyamis, even though there is some level of risk involved with receiving the vaccine, the Yesh Mi Chisun, and some actually die from receiving it. Because by not getting it, there is much greater Sakana involved. Therefore, one should get the vaccine. 
So he's talking about a very different situation than we have nowadays with our modern, modern day vaccines. He's saying the reality at his time was that people did die from receiving it. Nonetheless, he's still poskening that because the danger is much greater by not receiving it, he doesn't say you're chayiv, but the right thing to do is to make sure to be vaccinated. Rabbi Ram Hamburg, he was a rabbi in London, and he wrote a sefer called Olim Latrufa. He also deals with the question of receiving the vaccine against smallpox. And he brings from many different tshuvas of Gedoli Yisrael at that time, the kulam ke'echad onu v'omru, sh'yesh lekaches chisun zeh. Even though they knew in their times that there was some level of danger and a small percentage of people actually died from the vaccine, the Gedoli Yisrael still encouraged people to get it. Now he goes on to quote the Zera Emes. The Zera Emes, also one of the Gedolim of that time, has a back and forth, has a correspondence with a different Rav, and their mefalpel, they discuss the pros and the cons. However, his conclusion as well is, Again, the same logic, because without the vaccine, there is more danger. Therefore, the appropriate thing to do is to receive the vaccine. But then he says something interesting. This is the second paragraph in number two. The person asking the question to the Zerah Emes was also a great Rav at that time. He was a, a Posek. And he was, he was writing to the Zerah Emes, I, I just don't feel comfortable telling people they have to get this knowing that there is Sakana involved. And therefore he did not want to give a Psak telling people it's a requirement. Nor did he want to say that there's no need to do so. So basically his question was, although you feel, you the Zerah Emes feel, that the right thing to do, the Das Torah, is to receive the vaccine, am I mechuyiv as a posik, as their Morohara, to tell them they have to? And the Zerah Emes responded, that even though he felt strongly this was the right thing to do, nonetheless... In your position as a Rav, as a Morahara, because you know there is some level of danger involved and you'd rather stay out, you're allowed to be noeg b'shev tasa. you're allowed not to take a stance. Which is a very interesting hashkafa. And uh, it's hard to understand fully, because if you feel this is better for individuals and better for society at large, how do you tell the Rav, Shev tasa? Right, so that requires more thought, more analysis. The question is, do we always rely on what the doctors tell us? Right, do we find sources where great poskim, great gedole hara, were mefakfik, they weren't so uh, convinced? So the answer is yes, of course we find that. He quotes from the, uh, the Zivchet Sedek, going back a few hundred years. This is the third paragraph here. Yes? Just that, that last line about the, the, uh, the, the uh, that's specific to this or that's a general? 
It's a good question. There, there are definitely times where you don't have to say something. Right? We have the famous Gemara Beya and Daf Lamed that Mutav Shishogim Valyu Mazidim. That even if you think the right thing is to do A, but you know that people aren't going to listen to you, Shabbatasa, don't say anything. They're not going to listen anyway. That's not what he's saying here. This is, the result is Shevel Tasa. The logic behind it is quite different. The logic here is, listen, there is a sakana involved, there is a risk to tell people they're mechuyib to take the risk, even though I, the Zerah Emes, feel this is the right thing to do. It's not so posh. To tell someone you're actually chayib to put yourself in some level of danger is not so posh. And therefore you're allowed to Shevel Tasa. Well, listen, the Chazanish writes that in one of his letters, one of his famous letters. He says, in order to pass in any Shiloh, you have to be not only a Bucky, an expert in, the, in all of the halachic sources, but you have to be an expert in the Mitzvahs. You have to know what's happening. Now, when it comes to this particular Shaila, or vaccines in general, it's hard to ask the Shoel, the guy coming to you, to ask him, oh, what does your doctor say? Because really what your doctor says doesn't make that much of a difference, you know? Your doctor might not know that much more than your average fellow does. You know, it depends on what news feed he's getting, right? So the real question is the medical associations that deal with this, the, the bodies of, of scientists who have actually done the research, what are they saying? So sometimes it is, listen, speak to your doctor, see what he advises. Something like this was more of a, of a universal issue. It's not based on your personal doctor as much as it is, what are the experts saying in this field? Um... Now again, this whole discussion up until now was going back more than 250 years during the times of the Tferis Yisrael, and there was a real danger involved with that particular vaccine against smallpox. However, even as that vaccine advanced, the, uh, the halachic literature changes, right? He quotes from the Kafachayim, where the Kafachayim writes that va'ata nischachmu yoser harofim, Nowadays, the doctors have become more, they're more uh, experienced. They're able to give an injection in the arm of a child and uh, takes away the disease. And we don't find the same danger. We don't have even a small percentage of the, of the population dying from it. And therefore, he feels there's no shaila. It is the right thing to do. So Rav Asher, Rav Asher Wise summarizes these ideas. He says, we find in the Gedolei Echronim, They're advising to take the vaccine even though in their times there was a risk involved. Because it was a very small percentage. And without the vaccine, more would die. 
And if this was the ruling in their times, then obviously in our times, obviously our vaccines are more reliable and more effective than they were uh, centuries ago. Obviously the hadracha would be, you should be vaccinated. But regarding the question of do we always rely on the, the das of the Rotem? <clears throat> we'll get there in one moment. Let's see the last paragraph here on page two, though. Well, Gabi Chisun Neged Corona, now getting to this particular vaccine. With all of the research that the companies have done, with transparency, upikuach, and with research, Pikuach has really oversight from outside sources. Right? They've included in their studies about 85,000 people. Some of them received the vaccine, some of them received the Tachlif Akar. What is the Tachlif Akar? A placebo, right? And based on their, their vast research, they feel not only is it effective, it is very safe as well. He says in the second paragraph of number three, that generally, when it comes to medical questions, the halacha tells us to rely on the opinion of the experts, and the doctors in their area of expertise. And we also have halachos. We find this in the halachos of Yom Kippur regarding a cholo, whether or not they should fast. And doctors are saying different things. How do we conduct ourselves? These are discussions that are explicit in the Shulchan Aruch. Generally, the majority opinion um, directs us, or even if you have a majority of people who are not as proficient, but you have the you have those who are the real experts saying otherwise, we follow the experts. This is the general hadracha regarding any issue of, of medical anhaga. Question. Does the only shayla come down to, is it a sakana to take it? Well, the question is, is the vaccine dangerous? Like you said in the beginning, is it something we should avoid? It's a rush job, you can't trust it. Okay. Or is it something that we would, we would argue it's an obligation, right? Do it as soon as you possibly can to protect you and others, right? So you really have me cuts all cuts on this. The real question comes down to, we don't know everything about it, that's for sure, right? And how do we view something when we're lacking some level of information? So he quoted from hundreds of years ago, what the perception, the opinion of Gedola Yisrael regarding vaccines of their time and they were definitely positive, they were promoting them, even though there is much more danger in those vaccines, and therefore you could argue, where things are, 
are much more uh, secure and safe, although nothing is, nothing is uh, totally safe. And he says, generally speaking, the halach is you follow the mumchim. But this is where he gets involved with the question, do we ever find that Gedoli Yisrael were not convinced by the doctors? And the answer is, of course, yes. Right, he quotes from the Knesset, Yecheskel, Yecheskel, Klausenberg. He was one of the Gedolim about 300 years ago, where there was a discussion about the air quality, and he argued with the Rofim. We find also, he writes, in the Shalos Tshuva's Maimar Mordechai, that this was regarding the Magefa in Tafresh Lam and Gimel in 1873. And uh, they were arguing, the doctors at that time were saying that even healthy people should not fast. It's too dangerous, it could weaken your immune system. And uh, we find the Maimon Mordechai saying, I don't believe what they're saying. I think if you're totally healthy and you have no symptoms, it would be okay. It's hard to, to base anything on the beginning of the virus because there was a lot of denial and there was a lot of lack of information. You know, it was not clear at all. That was Mamish a time of, of total fog and, and haze. And I'm not sure how many Gedolim were really promoting that kind of behavior. The Pashib Shat, the Das Torah was, you know, that there's a real potential danger involved, even a Suffolk Pikuach Nefesh. And the hadracha, the guidance of the CDC at that time, was clear having large gatherings could endanger more lives. It would be very hard to find a real Das Torah saying, eh, I don't believe that. They're exaggerating. There's a political pressure. Not push to say such a thing. Now it depends, Lamaisa, on, on the facts. But at least we find there are times throughout history where doctors could debate or Gedoli Yisrael might debate what the Rofim are saying. However, Rabbi Asher Weiss concludes by saying, if there's ever a shaila of real, real Sakhanas Nefashos, generally we find through the tshuvas, through the discussions of all Gedoli Yisrael, that Lamaisa Sakana. There's a real danger to life involved, then usually we are choshesh. We might, we might not believe fully what's being said, you know, and for sure, if you go back hundreds of years, there's probably less of, a, of reliability on the mumchim. Who knows where they're coming from? Who knows what their research was? Who knows what their agenda was? But when there's a real chashash sakana, generally we go like the, uh, like the doctors, like the scientists. Science is real. Okay. Yeah? The one that stood up to doctors, let's say, 300 years ago, I bet it was also... Uh... What are you doing? You're putting people in sakana. You're saying it wasn't that uh, there wasn't that political pressure then too at that time? And was it a blanket that all the Rabbanim... Did all the Rabbanim agree initially? To, to what? Seven months ago that, that it, was, it was a real sakana. Was there anybody that disagreed? I don't know. Listen, we have to go back, you know, when we could verify who said what. But these are the general guidelines. I'd, I'd like to, if possible, stay out of what exactly happened and who said what and what were the opinions. The Yisodah is, what's the basic Torah hadracha when it comes to these in Yanim? 
you know, were there chedushim out there? There may have been. And it could be if we bring those post given in the room, they could defend themselves. But this is the general guidelines for how we view uh, issues of sakana. The, the virus is, or are we saying that it's as deadly, the vaccine not to take it would be in, in defense of the virus is not as deadly? Is that what... That's what people are saying. Why not to take the vaccine? Well, they're saying lots of things. They're saying the virus is not as deadly. They're saying that we have better ways of treating it when people are sick. Mm-hmm. And Baruch Hashem, I just heard recently in Boca Regional, they're doing this new uh, antibody therapy that seems to be working well. So there are new ways of treating it. We know a lot more about the virus. And others are arguing, Bechlal, you can't trust the vaccine. So there are many arguments out there. What's the Das Toro? What are our Gedolim telling us? Right? Let's see what he says. Second to last paragraph on page three. <clears throat> this is probably the most important piece of Hashkaf and Halacha in this whole discussion. And I think this has ramifications on all of those discussions regarding vaccines in general. When we conduct ourselves according to the opinion of the experts, but in their field. Now he keeps on pointing out, because sometimes you'll have a podiatrist, right? Or you'll have a, you know, a dentist. They might be experts in what they do, but when they start zogging, this is the shot with the vaccine, and they really haven't done any real research and this is not their tchum, then although they have the doctor title before they, their name, it doesn't give them that much more credence than anyone else. However, when we are following the experts in their tchum, af im chalila toem even if chas v'shalom, they're all making a mistake, or even if some of the conspiracy theories are true, shomer p'sayim Hashem, we have a klal gadol in hashkafa, that Shomer Psayim Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, guards the foolish. Which we know doesn't mean someone who's posheya, doesn't mean someone who's negligent, but someone who's following the advice. Doshu Be'erabim is the phrase the Gemara uses, meaning to say, I'm doing what everyone else does, and there's good reason to assume that it's okay. Dekola holich betumo bedarku shel Torah. Anyone who can, continues his path with sincerity, in the derech of the Torah, and they're conducting themselves according to what's viewed as safe around the world, even if what he's doing is objectively dangerous, and one will receive divine shmirah. Why is this, this paragraph so important in Hashkaf and Halacha? Because sometimes people spend hours and hours and even years of their lives trying to, to prove to first themselves and then to others that really what all the experts saying, it's not true. And I saw these 13 documentaries all, you know, telling me that uh, certain vaccinations cause autism and they're more dangerous than not giving them. You could spend years of your life doing this. What's the Das Torah? The Das Torah is really you don't have much of a daya in this. If you're not in that same field, if you're not really going through the research yourself, if you're not one of those experts, 
that to start zogging, to start suggesting that everyone else is wrong, maybe you're right. Maybe they are wrong. But don't waste your time with that because doshu be'rabim, if this, the, is this, this is the accepted approach amongst the medical world and people are following it, not based on stupidity, not based on ignorance, but based on, on a real svara, on a logic that we assume what's being said is probably true, although everyone makes mistakes and everyone has a bias, then shomer p'sai Hashem. Does that make sense? Somebody argue back. I'm saying a chiddush. Aliza, please. Especially if you're saying that this person is correct. I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, science is uh, a working hypothesis. It's never, there are very, very few things that we call laws in science. And I would argue even those could be open to being overturned. Yeah, but what's, uh, like, with, with this, like, what, what do you consider, like, the, the majority? of the doctors, because there, you can find probably five, uh, I guess there are maybe five, six hundred doctors who don't believe the common thing, and you know, their medical degrees are just as good as the people are saying it is, so who do you... So let, let, let's read one more paragraph here, and then we'll get into this hashgrafa, and we'll get into how do we define rove, and do we really understand this fully, right? Science is always evolving, it's always fluid, and the same advice that was given you know, three months ago is no longer relevant. And much of it we now realize is a mistake. And I guess what I'm saying is it's possible that a layman could make a discovery. It's definitely possible. The question is... Is it probable? No. Is it probable? And therefore, what do I do right now? Meaning, ultimately, it comes down to the question of when it becomes available, and my doctor is saying, if you'd like to come into the office and receive the vaccine, we can make an appointment. What's the Das Torah? Well, maybe, maybe I'll make a discovery, or maybe someone else will make a discovery six months from now telling us that uh, the vaccine uh, has issues. But what do I do right now? Yeah? I was just going to suggest that, you know, within every field, you, obviously you're dealing with human beings and everyone has biases. So if you, you know, look at the different factors that influence people's findings in some of these research studies and there are ways to make certain things go in a certain direction depending on what where you want it to go 100 percent. so that's within every field but i think the difference is if you are someone who is not in that field and you're making this argument then like you said you're not in the you're, you're you're doing your own research on your 13 documentaries so then you really don't have a life to stand on. If you want to let people in the field who are dedicating their lives to you know, looking into these things deeply argue, so that's one thing. 100%. But, I mean, this is really the halachic principle of <clears throat> right? The judge could only paskin based on the information that's presented to him. But the caveat is you have to be a dayan. <laughs> you have to be on the level to actually have the, the, the education and the background to Paskin. Now granted, my Pesach is going to be limited based on the, on the information presented, but I have to be a Dayan. So when it comes to medical issues or scientific discussions, if a person is a Dayan, 
If you're in that field and you are devoting your life to it and you fully understand the research and you understand how they get their numbers and where the information is coming from and how they got to this conclusion and you want to argue with that, you have every right to do so. You could still ask the question, but what does Das Torah require of me? Maybe Das Torah would still tell me, if Rov and the Mumchim are saying otherwise, maybe I should be Machnia. Maybe I should humble myself. That's a good question. But the majority of people who are expressing hesitation, they're not, they're not in the category of a Dayan to be able to paskin based on Masha Ein of Rose. I feel that the minority also they have a very strong opinion and an agenda as well. Everyone has an agenda, yes. Yes. And especially the very outspoken. I hear that. I hear that. The loud minority, the vocal minority. Saying, but every, every documentary, you have to realize, has such an incredible agenda and bias to it. You know, there, there's very little hope of arriving at truth by watching a documentary when they have an agenda. You could say the same thing of the established... But there's a difference. I, I, I guarantee, if you were a, a non-Jewish secular American and you saw a few documentaries about the plight of the Palestinians, you would hate Israel, you would probably dislike Jews... Because anything can be presented in a very, very powerful way. And you focus on this information, and you show these images, you know, and, and, and everyone has flaws, and every medical theory has flaws, and they're always, you know, weak links in the chain. But the way it's presented has a tremendous bias. I really feel the only way to have an opinion is if you fully understand not just who's saying what, but why they're saying what they're saying. You know, even the whole discussion, we haven't had this in a while, probably a good Sunday morning sheer at some point, the issue of the age of the universe, right? How do we, how do we reconcile the contradiction between 13.7 billion years and almost 6,000 years? Well, one question is, where does that stira come from? Well, the scientists are saying 13.7 billion years. Do you have any clue why they're saying that? Do you know how they're measuring that? Do you know what, what, what the methodology is to arrive at that, at that conclusion? No. But, but, but these people are saying that, and those people are saying this. So it, it becomes almost an arbitrary discussion. Who do you believe more? Do you believe science people, or do you believe Torah people? But it's not really a contradiction between this svara and that svara. When it comes to medical issues, it's the exact same thing. You have to really understand the svaras at play. If you don't, and, and that's where most of us fall into that category, perhaps besides Eliza. <laughs> but, so then we have to go with the halacha, and the halacha is follow the robe and follow the mumcha. I just want to conclude this tshuva here, and then we can discuss more. Very bottom of page three, he says, Benidon didan, regarding the new vaccine, Rov minin verov binyin shele rofim hamumchim borer venechratz bedaitem shehasikun bechisun zev rachok beyoser. So he's saying that the majority, rov minin verov binyin, meaning that the majority quantitatively and qualitatively of the experts are telling us that the level of sakana is rachok, is very, very slim. Ad she'ein lo kol mashmos, to the point where there's really no indication and that receiving the vaccine would be a sakana. Umi'idach gisa, on the other hand, magefa zu, 
Adayin mishtoleles bekerbenu. This plague, this pandemic is still amongst us. There's not a day that goes by where we don't have many people in Bnei Yisrael amongst them who are dying. And this is a very intriguing part of the tshuva where he gets involved more of the, the hashkafa. He says, we all say, Shalom alay nafshi, I'm going to be okay. I'm all right. At the very beginning of the pandemic, everyone felt a sense of arvus. We all felt this, this unity, looking out for each other. Every family that lost someone to the virus, you know, everyone was mishtatef in this morning. And even young men and women, they would keep all of the, the guidelines for concern that if they were to contract the virus, they might pass it along to those who were older or had compromised immune systems. But now at this point in the pandemic, we still don't have a day that goes by where people are not dying. And even besides those who are actually passing away from the pandemic, there are thousands of people who are impacted for the rest of their lives. And they're still dealing with, they're still grappling with, with symptoms that can be, that could be that could be very difficult. And sometimes it might not kill you, but it might change your life forever. There are many studies out now that this virus can take a toll on many of the functions of the body. And there's a lot of nezik. So basically his point here is don't just look at the numbers of fatalities, it's much more than that. And then he says, But for the person who doesn't care that much about the suffering of others, and therefore he or she is not as careful, Woe to that level of busha and klima he will have to deal with when he leaves this world. Those are strong words. In the beginning of the pandemic, where we really felt each other's pain, there was also an enhancement of love and brotherhood amongst Klal Yisrael. That love has been transformed to hatred and resentment, and the brotherhood has descended to Machlokis. And so somehow we had an achdus and a sense of really looking out for each other in the beginning, but now we're just overly judgmental of what you're doing or what you're not doing. Rav Asher Weiss's conclusion is, Roy, it's appropriate, it's the right thing to get vaccinated. And even though I can't use the words, there's a chov, there's a real obligation to receive the vaccine. 
If theoretically you want to continue wearing a mask and keep uh, social distancing from others, so there are practical ways you can try to stay safe and you could try to keep others safe as well. But he says it seems as time goes on and more people become vaccinated, and people begin to feel more comfortable getting back to what life was before, being in close proximity, giving handshakes, giving hugs. All of these machitzos, these boundaries, the distance that we've created will no longer be there. And then for those people who are not vaccinated, there will become more of a sakana. So on one hand, I guess you could argue the idea of herd immunity. On the other hand, you could say, if you have a large segment of the population not getting the vaccine, and in general, society is becoming more comfortable, and some of these precautions are no longer in place, there could be more danger. He says, therefore, This is the This is the proper thing to do according to halacha and according to midas chasidus, meaning if you want to ask, what is the fulfillment of the pasuk of Asisa Hayasher Batov Bene Hashem? Rosh Weiss is saying, get the vaccine. This is not because it's saying it's perfectly safe. It's saying, He's saying that there's no way to know for sure if anything's perfectly safe, but based on the klalim of halacha, and based on the research we have, it seems like it's the responsible thing to do. He's not going to tell you you're obligated to do so, but that was the hachra, that's the conclusion of Rav Asher Weiss. Yes? So even though we don't know the long-term effects yet, um, it seems like we would hold somewhere beside Hashem, which is that the world we're saying that we're going to go for it now, and in two months it gets around and say, oh no, we were wrong, you're going to have lung diseases for the rest of your life, that sounds to be what he's saying. And this is not Rav Asher Weiss alone. You know, this seems to be the Hadracha of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, of Gershon Edelstein. You know, one thing they pointed out, I had a conversation with Rav Shmuel first, and uh, he was quoting the Gedoli Yisrael, saying that anyone below age 16, it sounds like at this point, we don't have enough research to say that it's not harmful, and therefore, lavdafka below the age of 16. But at least above that age, it sounds like the hadracha from Gedol Yisrael is that even though we don't know the long-term impact, we also don't know the long-term impact of the virus, and we're finding out more and more about that every day. And therefore, the responsible thing to do is to, uh, is to get vaccinated. Now, obviously, those who are older and those who have compromised immune systems, they should really be getting the vaccine as soon as it becomes available, because likely... Whatever concerns there are regarding the vaccine, like the post can tell us, it's definitely less of a danger than the virus itself, at least for people in that category. There is research out that people with allergies uh, might have particular issues with it. And obviously there's a lot to discuss and a lot to explore and more information to find out but at least to understand and appreciate some of the guiding principles regarding uh, this halacha and some of the hadracha from Argadeli Yisrael. 
We should be Zoha to be healthy and happy. Mirza Shem.